0: Oh, well, morning, church. Morning, Ridge. If you're not sure, my name's also Mark. Uh, it seems like the criteria for using this mark is your name has to be Mark today. But it's a privilege to, to be here again. It's a, it's a privilege, privilege to be sharing God's Word with you. Um, yeah, today we're we going into part two of our, of our introduction into our series of, of looking at, at living for the Father's eyes only. The new series in, in Matthew 6, I know it seems a bit strange, the beginning of the year we're in Matthew 5 and we kind of made it to the end and at least we've, we've moved on to Matthew 6. But, but it's been a great journey so far and uh, Matthew 6 kind of builds off the, the whole journey that we've been on through, through Matthew 5. So if you'd like to turn to Matthew 5 verse 48, we're going to read the last verse of Matthew 5 and the first verse of, of Matthew 6. And it says this, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And 6 verse 1, beware of practicing your righteousness before others in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. The Sermon of the Mounts, as we as we journeyed, and, and I know we, as the ridge, you kind of lost a few weeks because of the tough question series but but it kind of helped us in, in understanding how we deal with anger lust marriage keeping our word revenge loving our enemy and then it ends with the this great challenge the challenge that we just read from from Matthew 5 verse 48 it says you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect simply here is what is calling to us calling us to do church if you're wanting to be a follower of Jesus, if you're wanting to to nail your your mask to the, your your colours to the flag, then there's going to be a process in your life where you need to start looking looking more and more like your Father who's in heaven. The call is is the call to be perfect is is not moral perfection or or sinlessness or or getting to this point where we don't sin at all or or we we perfect, but rather it's our it's our obedience to Jesus our. our coming under his authority, the question that the, the, test, the text is asking is do you respond in the same way as the one you belong to? If we're going to call God our Father, then, then are our responses in line with God's responses? The way we act, the way we respond, the, the way we view situations, is it the same way that God would? Or are we still in the process of becoming more and more like that? The call to be perfect is, is to be perfect because God is perfect. And, and, our, and our goal is to look more and more like Him. It's a goal that, that we, we need to keep striving for. I don't think there's ever going to get a point for, for you and I until we're with Jesus in heaven where, where we can say we've made it. It's one of those goals that, that each day we wake up and, and there's this point of going, Today I need to look more like God. Today I need to look more like Jesus. Tomorrow morning you wake up and it's the same challenge. It's the same goal. It's not one of those things that we go, well, I've ticked that box. Now I just I have that for the rest of my life. Church, let's not be fooled into to the sense of of that we that we saved, therefore we we sorted. But, but rather, let's strive to be more and more like God. Let's strive to look more and more like our Father who's in heaven. Why? Because our calling from from Matthew five, as we read a few months ago, is to be the salt and to be the light of the earth. We are called to be the representation of God on earth. Our, our call is to represent Christ to the world around us. Our call is to represent our Father who we belong to. And, and the challenge is this, as we are the salt and the light of the world, as we display our changed lives, it's not for our glory, it's not for our name to to go, hey, look, how, this is who Mark used to be, this is the sin Mark used to do. Look how great he is now. But rather the, the result is that people will praise our Father who's in heaven. As we love the world around us, as we display God to the world around us, we're called to, to display the glory of Jesus, the glory of God our Father. Our, our goal is to look more and more like him through, through this process of sanctification where, where, as one author calls it, Christian panel beating, where, where we start to take out the little dents and the nicks and the rust and and everything in our lives that, that doesn't look like our Father who we represent. A- and we're called to look more and more like our Father who's in heaven. But this challenge, as we're as we called to display this to the world around us, we face this challenge of, of what is our motivation? What is, the, what is the real reason behind us doing it? And there's really two options when it comes to this. We can live, or we can live for the praise to be... Oh, Sorry. We can live to be seen and praised by others, or we can live to be seen and praised by our Father who's in heaven. Jesus warns us to to choose carefully when it comes to this. Why? Because the way in which you the choice you make is gonna have a massive consequence in the way in which you live. Simply put, he says if you live for the praise of people, if you if you live to to please people, the result is gonna be hypocrisy. Why? Because living to please an audience that always changes means you're going to need to change. Trying to please an audience that that doesn't really know what they want means you don't really know what you want. Pretty sure in this room we, we all have very different tastes and very different ideas on things. And if I was trying to please all of you, I'd have to agree with all of you and disagree with all of you at the same time. Which would be hypocrisy. You're going to have to be one thing to one group and another thing to another. And if you live for the praise of people, you're going to need to become a people pleaser. You're going to need to to try to please them in every way and ultimately go back on your word on something that you've said. But option two and and the option that that Matthew 6 calls us to as we, we go through this journey is to live for our Father's eyes only. For the audience of one which leads to integrity, which leads to building character. And ultimately, as we, we're going to journey through Matthew 6, it, it leads to eternal reward. Why is, this, why is this audience so important, or why should we live for, for the Father's eyes only? Because ultimately, the Father's eyes are not changing. We know how to please Him. God is always the same. We don't have to come up with a new trick or a new gimmick or, or something and, and hope it works. But rather we, we come before him knowing who he is, understanding his character, and therefore we, we live for his approval. We live for his applause. Not for the applause of the world, which, which is here today and gone tomorrow. But rather we live for one that, that is there for eternity. And Jesus says that our call is to be perfect because our Heavenly Father is perfect. And we see that this term father is used sensitively in, in Matthew six. It's not a term that that Jesus uses to describe all people or or a term that he allows all people to use. It's not saying, Hey, world call, call God the Father. But but rather when he talks to these disciples, when he talks to his followers, he says, You have this privilege because of the salvation that you have, the, the salvation that you have received. You have this opportunity to call God the father and understanding that it starts with salvation understanding that that that's the starting point we we see that receiving God as father sets our faith expectation or our faith experience we have this privilege and this opportunity of calling God father but imagine with me that that Matthew 5 verse 48 read like this be perfect as God is perfect. It's a very true statement. We all would agree. However, it seems a little distant. You know, you I was chatting to someone on Friday night at Youth, and, and their, their argument, or not their argument, the, the conversation went around you, you saying God is is with us, but but the Bible says that he he was, Jesus came, was born, died, and went to heaven, so, so how can we say God is with us if he's not here with us? And for some, this idea of, of God in heaven seems a bit distant because there's this gap between earth and heaven that they can't quite wrap their head around. Imagine it also said that, that be perfect because the Lord is perfect. Again, the statement is very true, yet it seems a bit burdened. For some it's this lordship, it's almost for some there's this idea of slavery or or a master, one who who lords over you. But we get the privilege of calling God Father. We get to have a relationship, a concept that, that provides warmth, a personal and intimate relationship with the Father. The creator of heavens and earth, we get to call Father. And this relationship we have is all-encompassing. It doesn't exclude any part of our lives. The Father shares in every part of our life. And this is where it gets personal. This is where it shows that it's intimate. Psalm 139 verse 1 to 10 just tells us this great story of a Father who knows when we sit or when we rise. Our comings and our goings. Before you speak a word, He knows what is on your tongue. And then my favorite one, it tells us that he knitted us together in our mother's womb. This, this is not a distant God that we serve. This is not a distant God that we get to call Father. But rather, it's an intimate relationship. And for the believer today, the, the challenge is, and it's a challenge we're going to face until we're with him in, in, in glory, is we may not always feel the presence of the Father. Yet we call to live with the knowledge, knowing that he's always there. When we face hardships, when we face difficulties, sometimes it doesn't seem like God's there. Sometimes it doesn't seem like this loving Father is is really interested in our lives. But this is where the challenge is that we, we if we have that knowledge, that it doesn't just stay in our head, but it but it filters down into our hearts. That we live in such a way that we know God is with us, God our Father. And because of this relationship, because of this this filtering into our hearts, we we understand that we we have this identity. And Jude 1, there's no chapter, it's just one book, so so it can't be one Jude 1 or Jude 1-1. So just Jude verse 1, it says this, We are called the Beloved by God the Father, kept by Jesus Christ. That is the identity that we have. What an identity it is to be the Beloved of God the Father. Sometimes we may not feel like that. Sometimes we may feel that, that God is distant. But, but the reminder that we are the beloved of God the Father. And that is a, that is a personal relationship. That is a, something we can hold on to. But yet Jude carries on in, in verse 21. It calls us to have a response to, to being called the beloved of the Father. And in verse 21 it calls us to keep ourselves in the love of God. Church, how easy it is to to doubt the love of God how easy it is to try to deny the love of God and ultimately how easy it is for us to forget the love of God we we all know it we all have this idea of, of God is a loving God yet when 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 heartache and pain comes our response is often to distance ourselves from God we we go how can a loving God allow this Or when things are going so well and things are are working out, our response isn't, oh, God is a loving Father who who has provided this for me. Often our response is, oh, look how well I've done. I've got this all under control. How easy it is for us to forget the the love of the Father. the, The call is to keep ourselves in the love of God, not to forget it and ultimately not to feel that we've moved past it. This is not one of those things we, we graduate from and, and, and move past. But rather we know that we are utterly secure in it. That if we have repented and believed, we, we have, have put our faith in, in, in God. We get to call Him Father. And then not even the heights or the depths, the east from the west can, can separate us from that love. That love is, is, is there. It encompasses every part of our lives. We are secure in our relationship with Him. We, we, have, we have a firm foundation to stand on. But also our, our relationship with, with the Father means that He still has authority over our lives. Getting to go, call God the Father doesn't mean we, we get to have a buddy-buddy relationship. It's not one of those, you know, we get to, as a little kid wants to play fight with his dad. We, we have that intimacy, but still we, we're dealing with God the the creator of the heavens and the earth, God of the universe, we have this privilege of, of coming in and getting to call him Father, but we still need to respect him for who he is. That's why when Jesus, in the Lord's Prayer, he, he teaches us this, our Father who is heaven, hallowed be thy name. So, so worship his name, worship who he is. And it carries on to, to tell us that Thy that will be done on heaven as it is in earth. And as we look at God, we, we understand that God is the God of the heaven and the earth. And God has a will. God has a plan. God has a purpose. And the awesome part about that is God is our Father, and we part of that. It, it's, not, it's not our plan. It's not our purpose. It's not our will. Um, when we went to go pray just before the service, we, we kind of spoke about this for a few minutes. But, but how easy it is for us often to go, God, yes, my great plan. yes, my great plan objectives that that i want to achieve please bless them you know you you come work for me in other words where what this call is we we get to we get to serve god in his will we get to walk with him in relationship and, and it's not that he just gives us tasks but rather as we walk with him he points out where he's leading he points out where he's guiding us and, and he goes that's where i want you to be and how clear it is when when god has called you how the doors open when, when you're following God's will, how, how things just seem to line up that, that maybe just don't even make sense for you and I. But God is in control. But I understand today that, that as we talk about God the Father, as we get to talk about this, this relationship that we have, for some, relating to God as a Father may be a difficult task. It may be something that, that you're sitting here going, I'm happy to call him Lord, I'm happy to call him God, but, but Father might just be a step too far. We live in a, a society that, that seems hurt and twisted towards fathers. Seeing God as a father may, may be difficult because of a broken or absent father figure in your life. Last week when, when Matt preached at the Ridge, he, he found this example and, and it's, it talks about an organization that, that works in British prisons. The one year they decided to give inmates Mother's Day cards and, got them, and asked them to fill them out and they, they would post them back to, to their moms around the country. And, and I think they received something like 95% of all the cards back with inmates writing to their moms saying how sorry they were for what they did, how they've hurt them and disappointed them. That year they decided to do the same thing for Father's Day. And they only receive five percent of the cards back. But this is the hope that we have—the hope that we can stand on today—that that every earthly parent will never get it right. I'm reminded of this. This is a reminder for me that that I'm not—I don't have children yet. But but everyone who has has warned me, and and this is their words: that it's so easy to fall short and mess up. It's so easy to. To just lose your cool and you know things happen, but we get to we get to look at a God a father in heaven who is perfect that's that's the example that we point into we're not saying compare god to to your earthly father who has messed up, but rather we get to compare we get to call God the Father who is perfect our, our, our example is perfection, but an exercise. For us today, if I ask you to close your eyes and to hear these words, your life is under the gaze of the Father's eyes. The question is, what emotion or or what feeling comes to mind when you hear those words? That your life is under the gaze of the Father's eyes. You can open your eyes. For some... You may have had an absent father. You may have been physically absent or emotionally absent. Your experience of a father is, is someone who is distant and, and disconnected. And as you thought about that question of, of your, life is under a, your, your, your life is under the father's eyes. You may have had a sense of, of unworthiness or, or little value. That, that why should God really be interested in me? You know, there's there's a sense of I've never had a father who's connected, I've never had a father who's who's present. So why would God be interested in me? For others, there may have been an aggressive or, or even an abusive father figure. And as you thought about that question, there was there was fear. The thought of getting close to God the Father is terrifying. Fear is the emotion that that you think of there's there's a sense of, of why would I want to come before God or why do I want to come before a father and when when my father was was abusive. Often with, with in this situation we're able to see the we're able to see God as as Lord, we're able to see him as King, but but when we say father it's often a step too far. I don't want to come into that relationship. For others you, you may have had a father who was always critical. You were never good enough. Regardless of what you did, it it wasn't enough. And as you heard that question, the the thought was, how do I please the Father? Our our relationship becomes performance-based. There's a need to do more and more. There's a need to try harder and harder. There's a need to want to earn this love by doing good stuff. Yet when we see God as the taskmaster, we, we, we get this idea that we need to perform. We need to perform to be accepted. We need to perform to be loved. And when you fail, you feel like you've lost it all. When you fail, you feel like you have to start again from the beginning and try to earn it all over again. For some, you, you may have had a father who was an addict. They never kept their word. They were never consistent. They were always up and down. Therefore, as you come before God, there's this sense of suspicion or mistrust. How, how can we claim that, that God is always going to stay the same? Can I trust God that He's going to keep His word and not let me down? And then for some, you, you may have had a very affirming father. And to, to clarify, there's nothing wrong with affirmation. There's nothing wrong with, with saying, well done. But when affirmation leads to a child never being able to do anything wrong, it has great impact it warps the way in which we see god if we see god as the, as the father who who wants us to be happy and wants us to have everything then we get this the sense of entitlement the sense of, of it's all about me i deserve it this is often the this hindrance is often the hardest to see in in our relationship with the father because because when everything goes well we, we feel like we deserve it. We feel like this is, what this is what I deserve. And a lot of what is out there today in, in Christian bookstores, in Christian literature, promotes this, this self-improvement gospel about making ourselves better. Making ourselves get everything that, that we want. We can have our best life now, is ultimately what they're saying. But the question is, when, when the rubber hits the road, when, when hardship and trials come, then what? What? what's left if, if your whole idea has been, I deserved everything good. We start to blame God. We start to feel that God has abandoned us. And God is giving us what we don't deserve. So if God is the Father, if, if this is the idea that we need to look to as God is the Father, then, then why, is, why is it so important to, to keep ourselves in the Father's love, to, to keep ourselves connected? That we don't doubt it, that we don't grow cold, that we don't forget it. And, if, and, and just a few points here is, if we can have any confidence in God, how can we have any confidence in God if we're not sure that He loves us? If, if this whole idea of faith, if this whole Christian theology is, is built around a loving God, how can we have faith, how can we trust it if we're not sure that He loves us? if we doubt his love why would we why would you want to put your trust in someone that you doubt so the question is whether if the question is is god a loving god then we need to answer that before we move forward that that we need to understand that god is a loving god and then that's the basis for our faith that that we rest in that love sometimes we may not feel that sometimes it may not be the most rainbows and butterfly experience that we have but but we rest in that experience that God is a loving God. And we also keep ourselves in the love of the Father because we understand that Satan is the most effective when we doubt the Father's love. When we face difficulty, there Satan is saying, God won't come through for you. And if we start to doubt the Father's love, then then I'm pretty sure we're going to start believing that statement. When maybe we're feeling a bit distant from God in, in our relationship with Him, Satan comes in and says, you know, God has abandoned you. And in, and in that season of, of, if we don't remind ourselves of the Father's love, we, we will feel abandoned. In delay, when, when we've been praying for that, that family member or, or that sick person for months or years, Satan comes along and goes, God has forgotten you. He doesn't hear your prayer. But when we remind ourselves of the Father's love, we, 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 we know that we are still loved, that we are still connected. When we understand the love of the Father, we understand that He has a will, not just for the world, but a will for our lives. And most importantly, that the, the love of the Father is the source of the love that, that keeps us going. It's not based on our love for Him, but, but His love for us. Though we may not feel love, Though we may not experience fully, we, we know that He still loves us fully. One of my, my favorite hymns has these words. It says, turn your eyes to Jesus, look full in His wonderful face. And the things of this world grow, will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. And as I thought about those words, as we look to Jesus, we, we see the love of the Father. As we look to Jesus, there's, there's the reminder of the Father's love. That without it, where would we be? Without Jesus on the cross, why would we be sitting here? It was because of the love of the Father that, that sent Jesus to die for you, your and my sin that, that we can have this new life, that this journey can even start. Without that, there's, there's nothing. Without that, we, we might as well pack up and go home. And I don't know, this can be a nice haul for something else. But, but ultimately, we, we have a God who loves us so much that He sent Jesus to die on the cross that, that your and my sin could be paid for in full. But then also that we can go out and tell others about that. And to keep, and to keep ourselves in the Father's love, there's, there's also this need to, to see the Father's love as our primary source of approval. There were only two recorded times in Scripture where, where God the Father affirmed Jesus firstly it was at his baptism so mark 1 verse 11 it says you are my beloved son with you i am well pleased why was this key this was this was the start of jesus's public ministry this was the the start of him going out but also if you read mark 1 verse 12 i think it's like i think it's the next verse might be two after but but the very next thing that jesus does is he goes into the wilderness for 40 days I don't know about you, but, but if I don't eat for four hours, I get a bit angry. Jesus didn't eat for, for 40 days. And at one point, Satan comes to him. And the first, the first test, if you are the Son of God. That's the first test in the wilderness. Yeah, we see Jesus was fueled by the, 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 the approval of the Father, not, not the approval of the crowd around him. The second one was at the, the Mount of Transfiguration in, in Mark 9 verse 7. Jesus, or God says, my beloved, this is my beloved son, listen to him. The next point after this was, was Jesus' journey towards the cross. From this point to the end of Mark is, is in about a about two or three week period. This, this was the journey towards the cross. This was the point where, where the crowd that followed Jesus was going to abandon him. Jesus didn't just have 12 people that followed him all all the time. It talks about him feeding 5,000 and 4,000. I mean, if we were to to base his ministry on numbers, he was doing quite well. Those people were around him, but from this point on, they were slowly going to start falling away. One of his friends was going to betray him. He was going to be abandoned by his closest friends at his time of need. But we see that that he, he used the, the Father's approval was, was what kept him going. The Father's approval was what, what drove him forward. And finally, that we understand that, that the Father's love stops us looking for approval from other people. Or stops us looking for approval elsewhere. John Piper says it so well. He says, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in Him. That, that when we're satisfied with, in Him, our, our desire is to please Him. Our, our desire is to bring Him glory, not to bring glory to a man, not to bring glory to ourselves, but rather to, to bring glory to Him. So as we wrap up today, the, the challenge is, is how do we keep ourselves in, in the love of God, the Father? And it's firstly by, by meditating on Scripture, by, by growing our, in our relationship with Him. This doesn't mean that we, we approach the, the hit and miss approach. I'm pretty sure all of us have done this at some point when we go, God, I need you to speak to me. Okay, that looks like a good spot. And we hope that God speaks to us through Ezekiel 21. And the heading is that the Lord has drawn his sword, so I'm not too sure what he's trying to say. <laughs> but, but, you know, we don't, we don't have this hit-or-miss approach and go, well, I'm just going to flick my Bible open and, and hope God speaks to me today. But, but rather we... We, we journey through it. We, we understand God more and more by reading it in whole chunks, by reading it through a reading plan in a sense of, of we start to see God's heart more. We start to see God's ways more and we start to see his desire for us more. And then we don't just read scripture, but we keep it close to our heart that that it doesn't just stay in our head, but it filters into our heart and, and, and it starts to drive the way in which we live. The second one, in keeping ourselves in the love of God, is, is self-talk. Martin Luther says that the, as a Christian, we need to beat the gospel into our hearts daily. Let us not forget the, this, this wonderful love of the Father. But in fact, we need to beat it into ourselves daily. We need to remind ourselves of this daily. And we need to tell ourselves that, that the Father loves us. Thirdly, we need to maintain a regular time of prayer. Prayer is the, the relationship we have with this Father. We have this wonderful opportunity to, to go into His presence and pray. Recently, in doing one of our, our teenager Bible studies, the, this was the question that I asked them. And there was, there was chaos after this. It was, if you and your best friend only ever spoke once a day, and you spoke about the same thing every day, how, good, how deep would your relationship be? And for them, it was, it was unheard of. How could you only speak to a person once a day and say the same thing? Because, you know, there's so much to tell and there's so much to share. Yet the challenge is, is so often we do that with God. We come before God once a day with our, with our list that we've come before Him with for the weeks that have passed. And, and we, we, don't really, we don't really enter into a relationship. We just rattle off a list before Him. Fourthly, we, we integrate ourselves in, into a Christian community. Together we are the tangible experience of the, the love of God. We get to love in, we get to love out together. We get to display the love of the Father to the world around us. We get to display the love of the Father to each other. But ultimately, to, to wrap up as, as Mark prayed right at the beginning, we, we, we get to experience it through the Holy Spirit. We get to experience the love of the Father through the Spirit. Romans 5 verse 5 says this. It says, Now hope does not put us to shame. Why? Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And church, we have, this, we have the Spirit of God inside of us. The Spirit that, that points us towards the Father each day. The Spirit that is there to lead and guide. The Spirit that, that shows us where we have fallen short. But ultimately, it's the Spirit's power that that reminds us of this love of the Father and keeps us there. It's not yours. It's not your and my good effort that that keeps us in the love of God. But rather, it's the Spirit that that keeps churning inside of us, reminding ourself, us daily of of what God has done. So, Church, as we as we go forward, this is the the last introduction. From next week, we we tackle the pac- the passage in in full, but. But the, the key point going forward is, is we need to keep ourselves in the love of the Father. And, and, and as, we look at of the, as we look at that, as we look at who the Father is and, and what the Father has called us for, remember we have that choice of, of living for His approval or the approval of the world around us. And the, the challenge is that, that as we live, we need to live for the Father's eyes only. We need to live for what He's done for us and for His approval alone. So let's pray. So Lord, just thank you for yeah, just the challenge we have to, to live for your eyes alone, for, for what you have set set aside for us. Lord, thank you that without you it's it's impossible. But but you sent your son to die on the cross, that we can have this relationship, that we get to call you Father because of it. We get to live in this, yeah, this this relationship with you. So Lord, just thank you for that. Lord, and I just pray that, that today that there will just be the stirring again of, of this relationship, this, this depth, this, this intimacy that we can have with you, that, that we don't leave here today just casually thinking about you, but rather that you stir our hearts to, to be more on fire for you than ever before. So, Lord, I, I pray for this in your name. Amen.